0: welcome to Erie Iceland.
1: Whether you're captivated by folklore, paranormal, sorcery, the hidden people, haunted things, people or locations in Iceland, you've come to the right place. Here, you'll venture into the dark side of Iceland.
0: I'm Anne. I'm Vanessa. We're two girl bosses who are obsessed with all of these things. Will you dare to follow us into this unexplainable realm? Hey, Anne. So tell me about this taxidermied raven sitting here with us in the podcast studio. He's our new
1: mascot. Fun. His name is Moonin. Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Well, we have to stop for a second and give a shout out to my husband, David Geryonason, because he's super badass, loves what we're doing, and supports us with this and decided to buy us and um, surprise us with this taxidermied raven. And he gave me the choice of either naming it Munin or Huyin. Help me. Huyen and Munin. Yeah. Which they are in Norse mythology. The pair of ravens that would fly all over the world, Midgard, right? Okay. And they would bring back information to the god Odin. Okay, fun. That was like a thing. Thank you, Wikipedia. So he's like a
0: good raven.
1: He is. But word on the street is that when he bought it from whoever taxidermied or whoever found this raven, that is a bit haunted. And we'll leave that story for another day. Because that is not what's on my agenda. Because instead, Vanessa, I have a haunted location for you today. Do tell. And Vanessa, it's a place you've been. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is a place that the stories are going to be about. It combines love, murder plots, violence, power of Icelandic nature, and a haunted location our listeners out there could have already or can experience themselves. Ooh, goosebumps. Yes. Today I'm gonna tell you about the last inhabitants of Nautusigil. Nautisagil. Nutzagil. So it loosely translates, according to my fabulous Icelandic husband, Bull House Canyon. Boom! Yes. Yeah. OK, so for those of you interested, no, now to Sigil. No, oh, my gosh. You're welcome. I'm on the Icelandic struggle bus. Just bear with me. Anyone that speaks Icelandic out there, don't hate me. Don't send hate mail. I'm going to do my best. Her email is,
0: I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> OK, but Vanessa, do you remember this place? Do you remember that I took you there in my super Jeep on our first friend date? We went to a few locations. Is this the one that echoed? This is the one where one of the gals that was with us oh, fell yeah. into the water and you insisted on touching the big waterfall
0: in the that place, that place is magical. Like, maybe that's why she fell. And maybe that's why I wanted to touch the waterfall. I did not know that place was haunted. Yeah. Fun. There's actually a few stories with it. And
1: one is quite brutal. So I guess I should maybe just give a little shout out that if anyone, like... Doesn't want to hear about murder and death and kind of graphic details. Um, you might not want to listen to this episode. A little trigger warning, maybe. Okay. Okay. So let's first talk about the area of Iceland that this story takes place for our visual people out there. I'm going to set the scene here, okay? So Nautisagil can be found about 10 kilometers or six miles from the famous Cellulensfoss waterfall here on the south coast of Iceland. You know, the massive one that you can walk behind? Right. And I may or may not have gotten married there to my first husband. It's okay. No judgment. Okay, good. All right. So... It's a narrow canyon that's sitting on the edge of the Icelandic highlands that's on the way to Thorsmörk, which means that it also sits under Eyjafjallajökull volcano. How did I say that one? That was pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, if you say it fast enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shit. Insert drum. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you for I'm that. I'm just kidding. You did a really good job. Okay. I'll try to say it even faster next time. Okay. So... You know how that was the volcano, Eyjafjallajokull. yokel It <laughs> shut down European airspace for fucking 10
0: days in April 2010. I remember. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Everyone was like so mad at Iceland. And I was like, hey, I just live here. Okay. Like, calm down.
1: <laughs> and then I think they shortened it to like E17 or E15, like in America when they were doing news reports and stuff. It's like
0: how many letters are in the word? Yeah. Yeah. Because they just fucking couldn't say it.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Right. All right. So- Now we know where, let's talk about the most known story from Natasugil, okay? And this was the last known and inhabited farm before you entered into the Icelandic Highlands, right? Sitting on the edge again, remember. It's said that there were four siblings living together there. There were two younger siblings. They were harshly treated by their two older evil brothers. You know, and what made them evil, you might wonder? They had to do all of their chores and all of the work around the farm. There was no getting away from it. They were like slaves to these older brothers. Oh, That's terrible. Mm -hmm. And in general, life was not nice for these two younger siblings. And the two younger siblings being a younger brother and a younger sister, right? But one day, a ray of sunshine enters into the sister's life. When she meets a young farmer. Following this, they started meeting in secret. But the young woman knew that the mean older brothers would never allow her to date or meet him if she asked. Because remember, if she leaves the farm, they got to do their own fucking chores. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So somehow the two older brothers find out, though. And so they lock her up. They're like, bitch, you aren't going anywhere unless you got, like, chores to do. So after she's been locked away from open air and her lover, she starts withering away.
0: Oh, that's so sad. I
1: know. It gives me goosebumps a little bit. I feel my heart goes out to her. However, the youngest brother had the kindest heart and soul. So when he got the chance, he freed his sister, even though he knew the consequences for him would be dire,
0: Okay, well, that's still nice of him.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. So the young woman escaped and hid from her brothers. But when the two evil brothers found out she had been freed by the younger brother, they went mad with fucking rage. And they struck down their youngest brother. They killed him? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Calm down. Uh-huh. And then they went searching for the sister. To kill her too? I, I don't know. I just like, s- enslave her again. Maybe both. I don't know. I don't know what the, was on the mind of these evil brothers. So she had gone into hiding at this point. And when the brothers couldn't find her, they went to the young farmer's house. But the sister wasn't there. Of course she wouldn't be. Like, he would want to protect her, of course, right? So instead, they cornered the young farmer and trapped him in his home. And the young farmer quickly realizes that he's no match for these two big ass evil brothers, right? So he barricades himself in his pantry. Yeah, like kitchen pantry, I'm envisioning, right? But then as he was thinking that this was like his final moments, he would never see the lovely maiden again and all of that. He saw this like weird little window that he hadn't noticed before in the farmstead. And he broke through the window and he managed to squeeze through the tiny ass little window with all of his strength and might and ran into the cold night. Okay. As soon as the brothers busted through the door, they saw that that the young farmer had escaped. So they took off after him into the moonlit night. They ran out towards the large... Crazy river, mark your float, right? Okay. It's like one of the rivers that I've like crossed with you in like my super Jeep and stuff. It's notorious, right? Right. Yeah. It can surge and be crazy and yeah. So when the young farmer got to the river, he saw that it was covered in ice. And from experience, he knew going out onto that river was incredibly dangerous, but he thought it was a better option than facing the two brothers. I mean, yeah. Especially since they were larger than him. You know, like triple in size and they were fucking armed with weapons. Yeah. And like angry. Uh Uh-huh. So ever so gently, the farmer makes his way onto the river because it's like partially frozen. You know, he's like gently testing the waters, right? Mm -hmm. The ice was barely strong enough to support the young farmer, but it held him and he actually made it safely across. Woohoo, right? However, the two brothers were not as careful. They ran wildly onto the ice, but the ice, of course, broke beneath them and they disappeared into Markyafloat. Karma. Maybe. So you might think the story ends there, right? Does yeah. It se- does it seem like maybe the, boy- like the boys would then be the haunting ghosts here and Markyafloat and no. But how do you think Nato
0: Zagil is connected here? There's more. Yeah. Oh, is that where she is, hiding?
1: No, but the story takes a different turn. Okay, so you might think the story ends here, but it doesn't, right? Because in the following weeks, the ghosts of the two brothers returned. They were no better in the afterlife than in life. Just as evil, right? As they started attacking and harassing people throughout the area. Similar than before, one night the brothers managed to trap the young farmer again. And this time, there was no escape route for him. The young farmer, however, was quick-witted and he played on the two terrible brothers' stupidity. Again, karma. hmm He actually congratulated them on capturing him and said it would be a shame If they only murdered him on that night, he then offered up himself, his mistress, and his unborn child if they had enough patience to wait until the following
0: night. Wait, is the mistress their sister? Or he has a mistress, the sister, and a baby? There's no mistress. Oh.
1: (laughs) He is there just like purely, hes the farmer is just playing literally on how fucking stupid These two evil brothers are. Sounds like he's playing me too. (laughs) So of course, the two brothers were stupid and evil enough to say yes to this, right? So they let the farmer go with this promise. However, the young farmer didn't have much time. But in the time that he had, he was able to convince the young woman, the maiden on the farm, to help him. Not the sister, different gal, right? She's just a farmhand. And the following night, as agreed, he went to the church. But the woman was not his mistress and nor was she pregnant. Rather, she stuck a large piece of wool under her dress to act like she was pregnant and waited on the altar for the plan to begin. Luckily, the young farmer had been taught some magic from his grandmother Ooh, right? And he went and took holy water and scattered it around the church,
0: except for the aisleway. Okay, so they could, like, so the ghost could enter.
1: hmm At midnight, as agreed, the evil brothers showed up at the door. When they came into the church, they saw what they believed to be the farmer's mistress and unborn child. And they were fucking delighted. Like, Gross evil like delighted. They ran towards the altar, but when they tried to step onto the altar, something stopped them. A little bit of grandma magic, I think.
0: Yeah, holy water.
1: But some invisible force barred them from entering the altar. And when they realized this, the farmer jumped forward from the corner where he had been hiding and spread holy water onto the aisleway so they couldn't return back out the front door, right? And as he did that, he trapped the evil brothers and they couldn't move inside the church anymore, making it completely impossible. They were like stuck in one spot. But they only had one place that they could go. Where? If they're barred from all sides. Up? Down. Oh, Yep. So their choice was going down, descending into the realms of hell to meet their master. When they did so, the young farmer sprung into action and carved a cross in the floor to stop them from rising back up. Okay. Smart. And then they were never seen again from that day on. And I'm going to tell you right now, I really hope that cross is still there keeping us all safe. Oh,
0: yeah. From these
1: two evil brothers. Well, we, right? Yeah. Good story. Okay. Are you ready for the most gruesome one? That wasn't it? Nope. Okay. I saved the best for last year. Bring it. Yeah. Here we go. So there's another story about Natsuzigil, and it's around the trees, because today Natsuzigil— it's famous for its beautiful canyon and waterfall, which is, you know, what you experienced, right? And on its own, it's an adventure exploring the area. You know, it's a really cool place where you, you know, it's super near, like you park, you do a little walk, maybe like 10 minutes. Then you're in a canyon. You hike through the canyon, through the water. What is it like? Then you go on some chains and go up the canyon and it's kind of deep water and it's super, super fun. yeah. Yeah, and then there's a big-ass waterfall at the end. There's a the tiny waterfall and then there's the big-ass one. And when you go through this canyon, you're going to notice that there are trees and bushes and, you know, all kinds of different things, right? But... However, in the past centuries, this area was most famous for a rowan tree that grew on the northern edge of the canyon. And it was the greatest rowan tree of all of Iceland, like the most beautiful and biggest. And you can actually see it in the Skogar Museum. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Like that's kind of a fun thing to to go and see it. But rowan trees are apparently holy trees. And have magical qualities attached to them. So they're sacred, right? And as a result, from this, cutting down the trees at Nautisagil is and was forbidden at all times. But the farmer in this story, different than our other story, different generation, did not heed the warnings of these legends about the Rowan trees. So one day, the farmer decided to take his young son into the canyon of Naotusi And they started cutting down some of the trees to use as firewood. I know. Insert sad face. Super sad. As they were doing this, the farmer's son protested heavily. Like, I'm not going to fucking help you, like, ruin nature and, like, bring a curse upon our family. Exactly. Right. Smart. Because who wants that, right? So son protests heavily. And the following night, after they've cut these, you know, cut a tree down there, the farmer goes to sleep and a visitor comes to the farmer in his sleep. And he says to him that he can't cut down the trees since they did not belong to him. Okay. And if the farmer decided to go ahead and cut them down, the visitor, in his dream would cut down something of the farmers in exchange. Oh,
0: no. And you probably know where this
1: is headed. Yeah, I know. So the following day, when the farmer woke up, he decided he wouldn't follow this warning. Idiot. You know, I I think that this is called something like adult opposition disorder, and I'm pretty sure that you also have it, Vanessa. (laughs) uh yeah probably yeah but if a visitor a ghost like came to you in your sleep would you heed the warning hell yes or would you be like fuck you ghost like i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want to do
0: no a ghost is warning me it's not like it's like your mom
1: saying don't go in there right yeah agreed all right so the farmer makes his way to the canyon again by himself and he decides to cut down another tree and so, of course, the following night, the farmer received a visitor again in his dream. And when he got up and went outside, he saw that his dog had been cut down with what looked like an axe.
0: You just had
1: to bring the animals into this thing. That's that's why I gave a trigger warning.
0: Yeah, I needed a trigger warning. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so this situation of his dog being murdered obviously angered the farmer. So he goes back to the fucking canyon and cuts down another tree. What the hell? That's like a death sentence. But this night, when the farmer comes back to his homestead, he organizes a watch to make sure that no one can come and cause any havoc on the farm while he's sleeping because the farmer actually didn't believe that there was anything supernatural about what was happening to him. Even though people were up all night being vigilant, when the farmer woke up, he found that his best horse had been cut down just as the dog had been. Another animal, really? Yep. Mm -hmm. At this point in the story, we're pretty familiar with the farmer. So yes, he goes and cuts down another tree in the canyon. And same as before, the same thing happens again where he has people on watch and the visitor comes to him in the dream and warns him of the consequences of his actions. Simply saying that if he continues to cut down the trees, the visitor will cut down something of the farmers in exchange. But on this day, when the farmer wakes up, his favorite cow has been struck down with an axe just as the others.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. Like, whoever keeps warning him needs to, like, stop taking his anger out on the animals. Just take his anger out on the farmer because this is not fair. Agreed. Agreed. So
1: the farmer's fuming. And so the farmer, of course, goes back to the canyon almost mad. And he cuts down many trees out of frustration and anger. And the following night, the farmer makes everyone living at the farm stay up and keep watch outside while he sleeps in his little snuggly bed, right? And as a result, he doesn't receive a visitor this time. But when the sun rises, the farmer discovers what has been struck down that night. Do you wanna guess what was struck down this time, Vanessa? His son, pretty brutal and so he's completely stricken with grief and the farmer runs up to the canyon one last time and that was the last that anyone ever saw of him. So I guess the moral of the story is one don't mess with rowan trees or the elves I guess that protect them because they'll come after you.
0: Yeah and if someone tells you in a dream not to do something don't do it.
1: (laughs) You are so right, Vanessa. And so I have a couple fun facts for our listeners out there that one of the trunk of the trees of these magical rowan trees is actually in the Skogar Museum. So if you are visiting Skogafoss or Krebnafoss, I encourage you guys to do a quick little stop at the Skogar Museum. You you go in and you pay for a visit and then you can also um, go outside and see the old Icelandic turf houses. It's kind of a fun experience. And then another fun fact is that rowan trees are believed to be magical in countries actually outside of Iceland too. It's not just us that believe in these rowan trees having magical properties. And also last thing I want to share with you guys is that in the show notes, I'm going to link a hiking guide that I wrote on our Iceland Wedding Planner blog several years ago for those of you guys that would like to pay a visit to Nautisigil. Cool. Fun story, right? Totally terrifying, kind of at the same time, though.
0: Yeah, like those poor animals. I mean, in the sun, too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Pretty
1: freaking brutal stories, but that is the story of Natus Aguil. Pretty intense. That's crazy. Well, thanks, Anne. Thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> Thank you so much for venturing into the dark side of Iceland with us. We hope our stories resonate with you.
0: Stay tuned for more nightmare worthy podcasts. And if you want to hear more, give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can also find us on Instagram at Eerie Iceland and by searching Eerie Iceland on Facebook. See you next time.